This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. You just got me today. Colin's busy working on some super important stuff that we'll uh, we'll tell you guys about here soon. But I'm joined with my new buddy, Celestine Vedical. We were just talking that we just had lunch. So he was telling me that he grew up in India and stuff. And I was like, wait, Celestine Vedical is not a very Indian name. I've never really heard that before. And so you were telling me, uh, t- tell the story real quick. Yeah. So one of the, the disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, St. Thomas, he uh, uh, in his uh, travel landed in um, India and uh, and he interacted with uh, some of the uh, local people and converted them to Christianity. And eventually he was uh, actually killed by one of the, the, uh, the local, uh, the priests. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, come, yeah. Like, he, like the Hindi, Hindi yeah, priest? Hindu, yeah. yeah. And, wow. and his remind, remains are in Southern India. Wow. Yeah. That would be, that'd be actually like really, really cool to see. Yeah, because I was looking at your name and I'm like, man, this, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this, is, this is different. But you are the, uh, the founder and CEO, correct, of uh, NRG, yep. right? Yep. How do you spell that for the people who are? I-N-E-R-G. There so there is no Y in it, but, you know, the G is capitalized to stress the, the, the inner G. Yeah. Okay. So we just had lunch together, which is usually like the, what I, I try to avoid before podcast because I don't want to ask you any questions about yourself. <laughs> so we can keep all this. So I told you everything about me. Uh, yeah. over, over lunch. So now you know everything there. Um, now, now I see why you, you didn't ask me any question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying not to, I was trying to refrain. Um, so really quickly, what do you guys do at energy? So we are building a digital platform mm-hmm. and a couple of, uh, uh, SaaS tools. So the platform is, um, considered that as a, as a platform, as a service. And then we have two, uh, software as a service tools put on top of that. Okay. So we are building this to be a key partner in our industry to help out the uh, companies who are going through the uh, digital transformation, help them accelerate that path, and uh, and uh, you know be successful in this uh, energy uh, transition. Okay. So is this something that's built for say like a like an OFS company, say like a Schlumberger or a Halliburton? Or is it more of like the end user is, you know, some young entrepreneurs who are wanting to build something and now they can use your platform to kind of build on top of kind of as a springboard. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, we are in this, this um, special situation where, you know, this platform that we are building is good for the super majors or the, or the, the big, um, you know, large independents, or at the same time, it can be be good for the um, the entrepreneurial more you know or or family owned or or smaller uh, businesses as well. And I will tell you why because see the the larger companies spent a ton of money over the last several years building out out uh, the platform type approach, and um, so and the smaller companies they never invested into this mm-hmm. but the larger companies uh, they are facing a challenge where um, main thing is the talent you know so because in order to to maintain all of this and and keep it keep it up it is not an easy uh, uh, task so they have to have a a good talent pool 
mm-hmm. to manage all of this and then over the years the last 20 years they built up all of this and they, and there is a lot of baggage also that they are carrying so it reached a point where they have to refresh and take advantage of some of the new uh, technology changes that happened and uh, take advantage of uh, the new cloud platforms and so uh, the that is uh, that was the main trigger where companies realized they need to collaborate more they need to share um, whereas they can still uh, do their own unique mm-hmm. dna stuff on top of this mm-hmm. but the platform and the data management uh needs to be done with more collaborative uh, approach mm-hmm. so one of the the things that happened very well in the industry in the last um couple of years is you know so the industry standards emerged and uh but there was still there was some weakness because the standards were there mainly for you know defining the the data you know the data elements mm-hmm. and the, the schema and stuff but how to really implement this taking advantage of the the various uh, technology components that are evolving and then you know sometimes you know replacing some of the components underneath and then refreshing it with the very latest so that type of a implementation roadmap was not there yeah so uh, you know the standards really helped but at the same time you know even though it is standard the implementations differed from company to company so then again the some of the the baggage issues uh, happen so there's a new industry standard uh, emerged uh, recently that is the is the OSDU data platform yep. we were talking uh, about that with slumberjay in the last our last couple of episodes i think oh really okay yeah. let me tell you this is uh, really a step change in our industry hmm. and the reason is companies are sharing yeah and this is an open source platform and that is the the main advantage i see where you know uh companies like exxon mobil or 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 chevron you know and, and um or slumberjay they are all all that collective knowledge they have gained over the years and and hundreds uh, of years and yeah. probably more data than anybody yeah you know? and they are sharing that and and experts from the different companies are putting their heads together and then you know also smaller um you know innovative companies like energy could participate in this and and bring in a startup mentality to it uh, to this as well mm-hmm. so this is really helping and i foresee in the coming quarters you know there will be newer and newer content that is going to be delivered on this platform in terms of the new schemas the way we we handle the the data uh, management aspect of mm-hmm. it it's going to evolve and and more and more standard content uh, will be available in this platform which larger companies or smaller companies could take advantage of. So, I have so many questions now, but first before we get to that, let's let's dive into your your history. I mean, I know you 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 grew up in India. You said you came over here for uh for college, uh, college you went to the yeah. University of Houston. Yep. Uh you were studying software engineering. Kind of kind of paint that picture between there and and energy. So, um you know, I so grew up in the in the technology field and um you know, I was a software coder uh, to start with you know but uh, you know initially I was an electronics en- person with a, my um, so you were going to focus on hardware originally yeah so my okay. I came from the hardware side yeah. but then I I got interested more and more in the software you're just like hard yeah. users you just want to do hardware anymore <laughs> yeah so yeah. from the, the mine was the same way cuz <laughs> actually uh I didn't tell you but when I was like like 17 I worked at a Reynolds and Reynolds which used to be Universal Computer Systems uh uh-huh. building like these robotic 
yep, systems yep. for car dealerships. Mm -hmm. So then when I went in the Marine Corps, they saw that experience. So they were like, you're going to do communications Dude, maintenance. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was essentially just electrical engineer <laughs> yeah. for communications. Right. But I was the same way. Yep. I'd already done that for six years and I got out and I'm like, software. Software. Like, yeah. Like, I was so like, that, yeah. software is so much more fun to me. I'm so yeah. burnt out on hardware. I mean, right. it's, I think it's great. It's It runs the world, but software, you can just yes. spin up anything without the capital. Yep. Cost. So I ran into... Uh, two other guys uh, through a professor here and and uh, they were venturing into um, building a new product uh, and this was early in my my career you know I, I had that entrepreneurial spirit in me mm -hmm. but when I met these people uh, one of them was doing the the electronics one of them was doing the mechanical and they needed a software person in the mix to us these the founding team to build a new product and then we brainstormed and so we created uh, the, the um, a self-service automated mailing machine. Okay. So if you go to any post office today, mm -hmm. you see in the in the lobby there is a, a little machine sitting there, mm -hmm. uh, you know where you can buy stamps and and put um, uh, put packages mm -hmm. and and it takes the weight and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that self-service machine, that is uh, three of us. Uh, uh, built that machine. Did you guys sell that to UPS or something? So it, it became... Or USPS. Yeah, the USPS, yeah. yeah. So uh, so we have the patent on it and, and then um, USPS uh, bought that and and they um, did it through public bidding to to really deploy it in all this uh, mm -hmm. all the uh, post offices. But whenever I, I walk into a post office, you know, it, it's such a nice feeling to see. Yeah. You know, we, we had so many sleepless nights and, how long, and how weekends. Long did it, how long did it take from the time that you guys... You got know, together, kind of started yeah. that to, to exiting the. Uh, it took um, roughly four years of yeah, uh, yeah. four years of just yeah. grinding sleeping it in out. the sleeping in the in that uh, building uh, throughout the weekend and oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's all. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So was that in your like in your twenties? That was in my 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 twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then you guys sold that off, and then you were. So I moved on and, um, you know, so, so, um, you didn't go off into retire or anything. No, because, you know, I did not, um, have a financial success from this because we mm -hmm. had uh, a prolonged, uh, lawsuit with the, the U S postal department because they took it, but you know, they didn't compensate us well to, uh, to do the, the public bidding. So where IBM and Electrocom came and deployed it, you know, so, yeah. so, you know, so we had some big law, law firms took the case on, on a contingency basis and, you mm -hmm. know, it just prolonged and prolonged. Eventually we got a very good settlement, but that, yeah. uh, you know, what <laughs> we, the wasn't, wasn't, got, what you, wasn't what you was expected not, or anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was not good enough because majority of it went to the, yeah. um, uh, the legal fees and then some to the investors. And then, yep. you know, what left off was not enough for me to retire yeah. and, and hang, you know, so I was I not ready about, to hang my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go and work uh, in a tech company yeah. um, uh, to really um, have my uh, bread and butter and, and put my uh, entrepreneurial aspirations on hold for some time. Yeah. So you were so, like, okay, so I did the entrepreneur thing. I'm sleeping on the couch, yeah. sleeping in the office. Yeah. We go through these lawsuits. <laughs> we don't have this massive financial success like we thought we were going to have. Kind of disappointed. So you're like, you know what? Maybe I should you know, just go get like a yep. corporate tech job for a little yep. while yep. and then I'll come back to this. Yep. That's so, pretty standard. Yeah. And you know what, Jake, I was so fortunate. I was, um, as you know, selected to be one of the, the, the early people in, in SAP when they first came to the U S market. Really? So, so okay. I was in that early days of riding that wave of the ERP. Um, and you know, we were uh, not in the forefront in the U.S. market, but we had very good success in Europe, and then we had to really build up our 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 um, strength in the U.S. markets. And we were kind of the uh, the um, the SWAT team they built 
to go and make it happen. Yeah. So so we uh, really competed head on with Oracle and PeopleSoft and and uh, JD Universal. Those those were the what, main players. What, at what that time, time was the time frame here? This was um, in the um, early uh, early nineties. Early nineties. Yeah. 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 So Oracle. Yeah. I don't know if they had NetSuite back then. Maybe no, no, it no, no, came no. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a long time. Yeah, ago, so, right? so early '90s. So, <laughs> yeah. so Oracle was the the number one, and then you know, you know, they they went and bought the number two um, PeopleSoft. You know, then there was a JD Edwards. So we were kind of number uh, four or five, kind of a stage, which is you know, crazy to think slow, about because yeah, yeah. SAP is so big now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every deal was so important. So they will have you know the SWAT team members like us to get involved. To understand the customers' needs, you know, and 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 again, uh, those days, you know, it's, uh, the SAP system is so huge. So we were tasked to learn all of this in a in a compressed time frame. So later on, when the company became successful, we had consultants focused on finance, uh, you know, on materials management, all the different disciplines. Mm-hmm. In in my time, pretty much we had to learn it. You know all of it. You know, yeah. so so it's compressed learning. So we went through a four month boot camp. The initial team they hired. So it was the very best thing happened in my life. Because, really? Yeah. Why because is that? it you know gave me the discipline to uh, to have you know a good understanding on enterprise software. Yeah. yeah. And the German engineering um, is so solid that I could uh, you know I could experience it. You know they think through so many different. Things to generalize things and and to cover the various um, um, you know blind spots that mm-hmm. we may we may avoid uh, you know we may miss you know if we are just looking at a couple of different customers from yeah. um, or you know some other industries may come in so so we had to look at different angles when we decide on capabilities to add on to the product and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it was very very good uh, learning experience for me. Wow. Yeah. So you're so you're analyzing kind of. Like you said, the various industries, I imagine would be like medical, would be utilities, probably yep. energy, um, probably retail, yep, yep, yep. things like that, right? Right, right? And so having to understand that. And, we're, and at this time for this role, were you, I know you said you're bringing it to the US, but was this like more of a development role for you? Yeah, so um, the develop the the core developers were all in Germany. Okay. But they needed the technical team here for uh, for implementing it and mm-hmm. and really go and and work with the customers, okay. So and then we were the eyes and legs in the ah. front, so where we can understand what's going on and we can feed the development yeah. organization with uh, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of direction that we need to set to to be in the uh, in the, you know because we set the goal that we want to be the number one in the industry, yeah. okay. And that the Hasso Platner was very clear on that, and and he made all of us uh, understand that is the goal we are all marching tours. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very clear. So everyone is looking at ways to make our product better and stronger than our competition. Yeah. So, so we were the, the real technical eyes in the, in the forefront and U S market really made it happen for them. Mm-hmm. So even though they're a European company, they had good success in Europe, but this U S success is what really made them this big, uh, where they are today. So how, how long were you at SAP? I was there uh, for eight years. I did wow, various okay. things. You know, I yeah. uh, had various hats in that organization. And I'm, I'm always thankful to that company for uh, the solid foundation it gave me. And I'm sure as, as yeah. history has played out, I mean, you guys yep, gained yep. a rapid amount of market share, I would imagine. Yeah, yep, yep. Probably at least during yep. the time. Yep. And uh, I resisted the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of temptations to leave and go to a lot of other startups and stuff at that time. So kind of, 
I wanted to pay my dues, you know, I wanted to really yeah. get a good uh, good foundation, you know. Yeah. So so then later on I left and and um, went to Microsoft. Okay. Because um, Microsoft was building a a industry go to market approach because they were a consumer products company before. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, you know, all these windows and and office uh, products, but they were slowly getting into the um, into the enterprise space. So Whereas SAP, so like Dynamics, uh, yeah, Dynamics came, yeah. and then they had products, you know, server products. They started introducing, you know, like uh, SQL Server and yeah. and and SharePoint, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So slowly they are coming into the enterprise space. So, but SAP was the leader in the enterprise uh, software, so they wanted to get that experience from a couple of people. So I was one of the people who were hired into Redmond uh, in the initial team to build out the industry go-to-market approach. So the strategy and the execution plan, and then then put that to work. So I was given the task for manufacturing industry because while I was at SAP, being here in Houston, I started doing a lot of uh, work with uh, oil companies and yeah. you know more. And so, it's so funny how yeah. with the, these big companies, it always falls under like manufacturing or like yeah. utilities yeah. or like energy, and it's like such a such a wide. Right. variety of the types of companies that you're working with, you would think you'd want to break them out into like the individual and like oil and gas is complicated enough. Then you added yeah. like utilities and right. various other forms of energy yep. and actual manufacturing. Actually, right. Yeah. So, so within Microsoft, we, we built a, a manufacturing industry strategy with uh, uh, sub verticals like oil and gas is one of them uh, with a, with a more detailed uh, planning. But you know, at that time, Microsoft's plan is to empower partner organizations and then drive solutions into the into the customer base so mm-hmm. you know so they will give tech components like a, a sql server or, mm-hmm. or you know so uh, and and the office you know, so these are components but they they yeah. helped comp- uh, mm-hmm. other partners uh, to 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 build the solutions for the industry which and, is no different than like we've had salesforce intel yeah. and nvidia yep. all on the podcast and it's right. the exact same oh. thing uh, particularly uh, NVIDIA and Intel, they don't sell directly to anybody in the industry. They work with partners to develop new solutions and then they outfit those partners with the computing capacity, Yep. right? And Salesforce, same thing. Like they have like this platform right now, this platform as a service, just like what you guys have to where they're, they're trying to work with more companies to kind of get those apps on there, but they, they themselves are not pushing any oil and gas specific applications. Right, right, right. So that gave me a very good understanding on how to go to market globally, you know, you know, without really directly um, driving, but you know, through the power of partnerships, you know, so mm-hmm. that was very uh, impactful because partnerships could drive, you know, you know. So for Microsoft, they don't do anything unless it's it's a it's a minimum impact of a billion dollars, you know, when when you have a mm-hmm. new initiative, you know. So, so there, and you cannot do that overnight with uh, just your own. Uh, direct sales and stuff, right? So, so that power, you know, really liberating the power of partnership is is what it was there. Mm-hmm. So, I could get a good um, feel on on how to uh, do that, you know, strategic partnerships, yeah. you know, and and then. So, was it kind yeah. of this, that same kind of role that you did at SAP, more just kind of more on the strategic partnerships, really yeah. around manufacturing? Yeah. So there, it was more strategy, and partnerships, and then building teams in different parts of the world, uh, who could take it to the execution. Mm. Yeah. So. So I, I was pretty much traveling quite a lot, okay? And, yeah. and traveling as a Microsoft employee to another country is like, you know, you're going as a diplomat going from yeah. 
from the US because you have local teams there, okay, doing yeah. all the groundwork and you have all the meetings set up there. You know, any help you need in the in any country, we have our own local team and they are very connected with uh, the local business and the, the the local government and things like. That. I I still remember going to China one time to build the um, the team there. I mean, our our local team was very strong in a horizontal uh, way, but mm-hmm. then you know we needed to build the the vertical team for manufacturing and 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 it was so um, easy to to do that in an organization like that. This episode is brought to you by Datagration. When developing a sound asset optimization program, engineers must study past completion and development practices to understand the impact on well performance. The key component of this process to efficiently use key data, which must be acquired, integrated, checked for quality, analyzed, and routinely updated. It's it's a complete pain in the ass. Once data is in, Petrovisor environment is available for advanced analysis to use for physics-based models, constrained Voronoi polygons. I totally probably butchered that. Uh, multivariate regressions and machine learning algorithms. Um, the automated nature of the Petrovisor. Uh, platform allows users to analyze an entire play or easily evaluate specific areas or individual wells and determine how past completion practices, geological variances, and well location in the field actually affect production. I think that's really cool. For example, a dashboard can be created geographically to show where the best drilling opportunities uh, exist within search parameters such as nearby well quality, uh, you know, rock quality and completion technology and drilling inventory. So really the number of uh, drilling locations. Um, so Datagration has actually put together a white paper called Improving Unconventional Asset Evaluation by Automating Data Analytics. Uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes below. Um, so just go ahead and click that. And um, once again, thanks to Datagration. These guys are awesome. We really believe in the product and we love what they're doing for the industry. Like I said, I mean, data management is single-handedly, I believe, to be one of the, the biggest problems facing our industry. And if we can get that right, it's a solid foundation that we can build a lot of really cool things on top of. So without further ado, let's get right back into the episode. What was the, what was like your biggest kind of learning experience or your biggest takeaway from, from your time at Microsoft? So Microsoft is, um, you know, the main, um, at the core of that is, is, is about really the scale Mm -hmm. because doing something. It's got to move the needle for Microsoft. Like, and when you're that big, it's like, it's the same thing as like Warren Buffett making investments. He has to make investments that are yeah. so big, big that moves the needle for him to where it almost moves the market. Yeah. It typically does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, it's the same thing with Microsoft. Yeah. Thing so the scale is the, is the important thing I learned yeah. from this. You know, so because you do something right and do the planning right and you set the strategies and then really put the plan in place to scale it well. If not, it's not worth uh, that investment. You know, invest well, but scale, you know. Yeah. How long were you at Microsoft? Uh, it was only a um, um, little over two years. Okay. Um, and then, you know, so actually I had the opportunity to go to India while um, Bill and Melinda was traveling there, you know, yeah. that trip. So so we were a, a few of us in the in the Microsoft team there, and there were so many meetings in, you know, in this five-day trip. And um, so I ran into a, um, a person here from... Um, uh, from a company called Cognizant, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. So, which so is uh, should be a con- it's, it's like a, it's tech- a consulting consulting, consulting yeah, yeah. firm. So they were kind of in a in a slow, you mm-hmm. know, like they were come getting into an exponential 
plan to grow. Okay, yeah. so and they have, don't they have a, a huge uh, employee base in India? Oh yeah, yeah. huge. Okay, so yeah. it's from New Jersey. So mm -hmm. it you know uh, that was an interesting company because it was started as a captive IT group. You know, a team. They you know with the 50 people they built within Dun and Bradstreet. Really? You know, data, yeah. Yeah. So they were just doing internal data management and and IT work for that company, but the the initial team. Uh, they uh, proved it that you know they did it well, and they went to the management and said, "Hey, you know what? We like to offer the same service to other companies as well." And the management gave gave them the green signal, and they started executing and started growing. So it's, it's, it's a good, solid founding team, you know. So they were very good. Mm -hmm. So I met met one of the founders in that trip, um, in the Microsoft trip, and and he was the the chief operating officer at that time, and he was just about to take over as the CEO. Uh, the next CEO, so and he, um, you know, Frank uh, D'Souza. So, I really liked him, and we we uh, connected well. And then when we came back from from the trips, you know, so we reconnected again and mm -hmm. we talked. And so, you know, he was about to take on the CEO role, and so I was pretty um, impressed with uh, uh, his plans. So I decided to leave Microsoft and join his team uh, to to drive the growth. So I led. Um, uh, the strategic initiatives uh, as they were uh, growing globally and and uh, the new um, the new uh, practice areas like I built uh, uh, it really drove the uh, the growth of um, um, specialized uh, service offerings around you know like say for example or you know SAP practice you know mm -hmm. the small and then started putting more focus around that and and then growing that to a very big uh, significant portion of their revenue stream. Uh, from those kind of strategic, um, you know, alliances we made with uh, these partners, and then driving the the service offering along the line, so it became extremely successful. We had growth in other, you know, in Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. in South America. So, so a lot of uh, growth happened in that time. But then I'm again traveling around all the time, and and building, you know, like almost like an entrepreneur within a large enterprise. Yeah. So then my old. Uh, that entrepreneurial, um, uh, you know, that aspirations I put on hold started making me think, oh, you know what, now if I don't do it, <laughs> something, you know, I may never become yeah. uh, that entrepreneur I wanted to be. Yeah. So would you, so how long were you at? Um, so that Cognizant? company, uh, so the Cognizant, I did it for also like two plus years, you know, yeah. so, so SAP was my long yeah. area where I built my foundation. Okay. Yeah. So, so then I decided to uh, jump out and and really uh, do a startup entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So, was this was that the genesis of NRG, or uh, no, would you just the, the one um, prior to this? Okay, what did you do? So, I started a company called uh, Performix here in Houston. Okay. So, um, the Houston, um, you know, being here and also my earlier experience with the oil, oil and gas companies from a from an enterprise software perspective, I had a pretty good idea about the business processes and stuff and, and the operational side of it. But then I saw the opportunity uh, that there is a gap in, in, the, in the digital, uh, uh, the oil field opportunity, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so I put a focus around building a digital platform for, um, for operational performance. Okay. So that's what Performix was. So we built uh, that tech platform and uh, we brought you know newer technologies like for example uh, the distributed database like cassandra database you mm -hmm. know first bringing it into the oil field application space and uh, and then you know so we can bring massive scale for 
data handling. And then we brought um, you know, new industry standards like OPC UA uh, to the oil field, uh, uh, the SCADA environment. You know, mm-hmm. So we did a few new uh, things with, the, with the, the adoption of the technology in the platform. And then we started building new tools. Um, so a couple of tools became very successful. So one was for, for um, drilling performance management. So like, mm-hmm. you know, really get the sensor data um, and, and then using that, you know, we do the drilling activity analysis. Mm-hmm. So before the, the drilling report comes next morning, we know exactly in the people in the office will get a, a clear picture on the real time activities that are going going in the uh, in the rig site. And then in the morning, when the morning report comes, you know, we put this uh, side by side. We have a, mm-hmm. a good real time versus the uh, the static report coming in. Yeah. Uh, so that was a good day versus, you know, that was like the, the next generation day versus depth uh, curve that we brought to the, um, with that tool. Then another tool that we did was um, a, a, the advanced, uh, um, the well control uh, alarming mm-hmm. and which, you know, company uh, like Chevron really embraced it and used it for their complex wells, you know. So we will bring the... Um, uh, the different um, parameters and then put uh, uh, algorithms on it to to detect um, things more accurately. So we can we could reduce the false alarms. So that uh, tool started ma- uh, becoming successful. And then we got into production side mm-hmm. and then got into the ESP monitoring and control. Okay. Yeah. So that product uh, was such a uh, such a good uh, success for us. Okay. And so. Uh, our company got acquired by Baker Hughes. Really? Yeah. Okay. What year was that? Uh, this was 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah. So great that, time. So I mean, yeah. we, I mean oil, <laughs> oil hadn't really dropped quite yet. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. probably at the top of the market. Yeah. Everybody was acquiring everything. So you yeah. guys, how did how did that? Do you guys market the company or Baker Hughes come along? Or no, were you guys it, it was with them actually or? customers told them. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, then you know we started partnering, and then. Um, and then you know, customers actually told me, hey, you need to look at these uh, these boys. Uh, you know, they are they seem to have something interesting." Okay, and then yeah. you know, we started working together. And then at the same time, we had two other companies also started approaching us uh, with similar conversations. Mm-hmm. But then Baker uh, was such a good fit, you know, because they you know they are a true uh, you know technology uh, focused uh, company, even though you know there's main mm. bread and butter is service, but they, they appreciate technology very well. Yep. Uh, and their, um, you know, the artificial lift system, uh, you know, is the, is the, the best uh, at that time. So we could really get our product uh, really spread around the world. And so uh, now, you know, the product that we built is the most uh, widely uh, deployed um, ESP, you know, artificial lift, uh, lift uh, optimization system in the world. Really? Yep. It's in, awesome. in different countries, everywhere. Yeah. So hopefully this this time it was a good financial exit as opposed to the last time. You, <laughs> you can say that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I cannot complain at all. Okay. Yeah. So so it was. So I, I really took a break also afterwards. You know, I yeah. had certain time. You know, I had to work within the um, the Baker uh, yeah. uh, Baker Hughes. It was it was a good experience. You know, mm-hmm. so really taking this and then rolling it out to different parts of the world and and then you know really working with their field teams and and uh, enabling them to to drive this and stuff so it was it's a good time and uh, our team um, grew um, a lot so from 78 engineers you know we started growing and growing you know added more and more you know so more than four, you know roughly 400 engineers and also so it was good um, uh, to really scale it in that yeah. environment and um, 
So afterwards, did you take some time off? Yeah, so I took some. Yep, and okay. um, traveled. Yeah, and uh, dabbled into some uh, some uh, uh, blockchain stuff for okay. a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you yeah. know, so uh, uh, so you know, I was not uh, thinking exactly what I wanted to do, and st- you know, so I I helped a couple of companies in the um, mm-hmm. in the um, uh, blockchain space, and one yeah. of them is uh, doing extremely well. Um, you know, out of London, uh, so called Cash App. So I was the um, Cash App. Cash App, yeah. Okay. So Cash App is a is a digital, um, you know, platform, a banking platform okay. using the uh, the blockchain. Yeah. 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 So and then I was uh, involved in another digital um, blockchain startup called Storage here. So, you know, I was okay. I invested in it a little bit, mm-hmm. and and so I dabbled into a couple of those things, but then. Uh, you know, I felt like maybe I should do one more. You know, where I, yeah. I can build uh, and make a difference. You know, so I, and I saw a an opportunity in our own industry. You know, in our own backyard. You know, so, mm-hmm. so that's where I decided to do um, energy. Okay. So, couple of the good guys uh, who were with me in the previous journey, mm-hmm. they also decided to leave uh, Baker Hughes and and uh, come over with me in this in this one path, and that helped a lot. Um, and then you know brought a few more. Uh, good uh, new innovators and so so in this new journey it's about not the operational performance that we did last time so mm-hmm. i saw the the need for bringing the economics more you know more focus around economics in the especially in, the, in this day and yeah, age i in mean the that should be platform. front and center right yeah yeah so uh, you know that is where we are putting our so we are at the at the intersection of fintech and energy tech. Okay. So, so we are bringing the uh, the economic engine at the core of our platform. Okay. So we can do, you know, once you do the uh, the the production forecasting, you know, many companies uh, do mm-hmm. it now, but then you know, you do, you know, then you when you do the the cash flow forecasting and then creating these plans on a dynamic basis. So. We, you know, there are three things that we can do with that compo- that particular SaaS tool that we built. You know, we can actually help with uh, acquisition opportunities. You know, we can quickly quickly evaluate, evaluate kind of, yeah. and stuff. Okay, yeah. and then you know, if the and from an operator perspective, they are looking to to uh, to uh, divest something. There again, you can create a a package and then make it all you know ready. So. When the uh, the potential acquirers, when they need to look at this, they don't need to take in the traditional way all the all the data room things, you know, coming and CDs then recreating all of this. Yeah, paper <laughs> yeah. or just in an email or yeah. a PDF. Yeah, like that's how I've seen almost every. Deal. Yeah. So this is like. So this the, does it kind of create a data room, or does it just make it easier? So, so it's to, it's make it easy because we can build the model. So the the, yeah. the company who wants to divest, they can put the model together and then expose it to the the potential buyers, and they can. Put their own assumptions and and um, change it around and and if if uh, if um, the initial model is looking very um, very optimistic, they can put a conservative plan on it. The different assumptions, you know, not just mm-hmm. the price book. They can yeah. go and play with the uh, the the costing and and you know and also timing the scheduling of uh, any new mm-hmm. drilling activity, workover so activities. You to kind of is it like you you, you generate various different scenarios, yes. high mid yep. low case, yep. but yep. also yep. different pricing decks, different yep. costs, different. Yep. Yeah. ERs. So, yeah. Okay. So imagine the kind of efficiency improvement in that whole acquisition and divestiture process. So that mm-hmm. way, 
you know we can reuse all of this you know r- rather than yeah. and also when you need to supply the data you don't need to run around trying to figure out all this you know it's all there if it's organized so yeah. it helps both ways from an acquirer perspective and also a, a divestiture um, side also so and then the third um value that we bring with that tool the the name of the product is energy economics so mm-hmm. the 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 third value is about planning okay mm-hmm. so you know when you are operating um, your assets you know if you can plan well and that plan is very dynamic then you know it can be very useful in a in a near real time basis yep rather than the traditional uh, forecast you know the 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 reserve model you make and then once in a while you go and update it and then maybe you know by the time of the audit time you know you go and scramble through you know put all the data together yeah. and make an, a, another one mm-hmm. and update and then send it to the uh, auditor then they make their changes bring it back again another 2 3 weeks to yeah. to static reports versus yeah. dynamic real time yeah. right so 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 that is the third aspect of this uh, the the value that we bring in so then i talked about two saas tools that we are doing right mm-hmm. so the second uh, saas tool is about um really again these are all on top of the mm-hmm. an industry standard platform uh, approach that we are we are uh, following so so you know we are going to we are leveraging a lot of the common learnings and the common uh, uh, the um, contributions people made in that platform mm-hmm. so the second saas tool is called energy pulse okay so the pulse uh, product is about really getting the the real health check and the pulse of uh, your your asset portfolio mm-hmm. on a near real time basis mm-hmm. so you have the 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 reserve models and the plans there so you run your assets with confidence okay so you are running against a plan and you are constantly calibrating against it and and ca- constantly benchmarking against it so mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a very dynamic um planning based execution uh, based on the plan and then you know so because of this dynamic nature of it you know you have you know all the data is underneath in the platform so it it's it's all organized you know whether it's coming from uh, what silo doesn't matter you know whether it's coming from the you guys are connecting engine. in all like so so the yeah. basis of the platform is really my understanding of this is you guys are integrating in various data sources and you're putting it into this OSDU kind of standardized format you build apps on top of it now that it's all in there it's all in there yeah and then so if um, if a new um you know a little bit different uh, data source comes in you know you handle that in that side of the the platform so mm-hmm. the, we call the ingestion service you know and and the uh, you know so there is an area within the platform the OSDU platform deals with the with the data in you know so mm-hmm. that process we follow a standard process okay and um so and now the this new uh, the the pulse is going to help from a, a confidence perspective on on the uh, the plan based execution and also you know you can also look at uh, the hedging side of it okay and see the market impact and see so you, you really look at the uh, the risk um, uh, monitoring aspect as well mm-hmm. so you can see you know for a given trading per- period you know what's the physical you know for the each, each of the grades you know how are you producing you know any kind of field issues coming in is that going to affect your your uh, expected goals for this and then you know for meeting your fixed cost you know do you have the adequate uh, hedging done you know so those kind of questions you can ask and and get um, you know kind of manage with a more insights rather than you know seeing you know by the end of the end of the month you know really yeah. dealing with the, the I, thing. I I like what you said about you know setting a plan mm-hmm. and then constantly 
you know, benchmarking against that. I mean, I, I see that in my mind is like this, almost like this GPS for the business kind of yep. on a monthly basis to where you're not having to go back and be like, I don't know, how are we, how are we doing? Are we on track? Like, you right. know, yep. you know, if you're deviating and you possibly would know why you're deviating, right? right? And being yep. able to make those, those pivots and changes to get back on track in real time, as opposed to waiting a month out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Right? So it's more of a forward looking approach to that rather than looking at the rear view mirror more, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So, so this is really a step change. And then, you know, with this platform emerging like this, uh, the OSDU uh, roadmap, when you look at it, it is about, you know, really helping companies with the transition as well, because we need to look at the portfolio mix change that is happening over the um, uh, coming years, you know, where there will be more new energy, uh, you know, assets going to be added into the portfolio. So there is going to be data coverage that we are, we have work groups already going on um, to provide the support for managing the data coming from wind and solar and and mm -hmm. thermal, you know, so all those are adding. So every quarter you'll see newer and newer support coming in that handling mm -hmm. these. So these energy companies are kind of adding more uh, alternative forms of energy, maybe to the energy yep. mix. Yep. You know, we've seen everybody talking. About yes. That. So whether it's, you know, wind, solar, other forms of renewable, yep. you guys are going to be able to help manage the entire asset portfolio. Base. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. As opposed to just the oil and gas yep. assets. Yep. And then the advantage is, you know, our kind of planning system, could then extend it into into the planning of those kind of portfolios as well. You know, it's a it's a portfolio mix, and um, and then another area where you know this is going to going to drive our industry to to bring the efficiency with this is about the the um, uh, the decarbonization efforts. You know, so mm -hmm. because in that also you know there is a work group on on um, uh, carbon uh, storage and and. Um, and uh, also the decarbonization efforts, and as as it moves forward, there's a ton of data uh, needs to be managed there and and reported. And so the planning of it, you know, setting a plan for, you know, if there is a net zero plan that you are, you are, um, uh, you know, putting in place, and then you know these are the elements that you are going to be be doing to to get there. It's almost like a reserve plan when yeah. you really think about it. So mm -hmm. our reserve modeling and and the planning tool can be extended. Uh, to cover those kind of plans. And then again, when you have a good, clean uh, data platform, then managing that data and tracking the progress of these uh, goals. Um, and then, you know, then when the regulatory needs comes in place, you know, or, or the ESG needs come in place to report, that data is there. So, so you yeah. can show, this is the plan we are executing on, and this is where we are. And this is the, the pulse of um, uh, the, this uh, initiative going on. So a lot of transparency, from my understanding, uh, particularly from a macro yep. kind of standpoint, to understand really where you're at in the economics portion, but also planning and strategy and yep. which direction are we really going. Right. Which I feel like is something that's been mostly overlooked. I know we talked to a few companies that kind of deal with this, but really focusing on, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like enough people plan enough. I feel like there's a whole lot of executing, but not really yep. thinking about how do we execute smarter, yep. right? right. Um, so I think that's fantastic. Where are you guys? So, so, I mean, I guess the end users are really, it's various ENPs or various energy companies. You guys aren't really working with the OFS side. Yeah, uh, no, at this point. Yeah. So, but oh. we got some, um, investment, you know, like people who are looking at, you mm -hmm. know, uh, buying, uh, the non-op, uh, interest, you know, yeah, they yeah. can also use our yeah. tool. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, non-ops are still a big part of the industry. I'm probably yeah. not as big as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, I think for a variety of reasons, but there's still a lot of players out there. 
Yep. Um, so that's fantastic. Where are you guys at uh, kind of as a company? I mean, how many people do you guys have now? And So so we are a, an engineering team um, yep. focused company today. So mm-hmm. we need to build our um, uh, business development team. You know, marketing, we haven't started any, mm-hmm. any of the outbound activities. You know, it's more working with, um, you know, uh, the select set of um, customers and, and so, you, so, so you guys are currently looking for kind of like sales marketing people yeah yeah okay so we need to to really um, build up uh, that is our okay. uh, our area that we need to uh, focus on and also we need um you know for this new energy areas and for the um, the expansion of uh, the offering to cover the um, uh, the um, the carbon um, reduction initiatives and mm-hmm. stuff you know we we are planning to hire some more tech talent as well to to uh, kind of uh, speed up some of our um, activities in this because uh, this platform is is um, is is going to evolve very fast okay because mm-hmm. you know it, it's 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 a collective effort of so many developers coming into it. it's yep. an open source environment so on top of that there are extensions we need to build and we need to build the saas tools on top of that so there is a there is a lot of work and so pretty much you know when you go after a new initiative Mm-hmm. it's so easy now where you don't need to spend a lot of time in the core uh, services and the core components because our our platform works with um, with AWS uh, Azure and uh, IBM okay mm-hmm. so we haven't uh, spent time on the google yet but you know the plat- the OSTU has um, um, coverage for all the um, main um, mm-hmm. uh, service providers and they have dedicated teams working with the uh, standards group i mean the the forum uh, to keep up, you know, so we don't need to worry about maintaining that level of uh, the the uh, the um, uh, the cloud specific, um, you know, testing and implementation of the core services. So that's mm-hmm. a huge yeah. uh, saving for us. Mm-hmm. So that way we can focus on two things. One is the domain content we need to add on it. Mm-hmm. So that means you know any kind of um, uh, schema that is not already covered in the the platform we need to go and and add it and then work with the um, work groups to slowly bring that into the into the platform so that way that responsibility also will be with the collective uh, industry responsibility nor uh, rather than just us taking the responsibility so we can focus more and more on the um, the the tools that will empower our users i love that i love the fact that you know you, you you've done the entrepreneur net thing now three times, you know, and you go and you go to corporate, corporate world and kind of, you know, earn your stripes, like you said, and, and then you go out and you, you know, you sell performance to, to Baker Hughes and you're like, you know what, I'm not done. The mission's not done. And so I think that's fantastic that you're probably didn't have to do this, but you want to do this. You want to make change for the industry. And so I absolutely love it. You know, I enjoyed our conversation today at lunch too. Uh, you were asking me, I feel like we I was on the podcast. You asked me a million questions about myself, <laughs> um, but no, this has been great. So, like, what's what's the website for anybody who wants to check you guys it's, out? It's um, energy.com. I n e r g dot com. Okay, and you guys have a really cool website. So, so they're looking for sales and marketing help, guys. So if you if you have the have the chops, reach out to Celestine. Uh, you're on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Okay, you're yep. on LinkedIn. So reach out to them there, or reach out to me. I'll connect you yep. guys. And we are also um, raising funds. Um, uh, now, you know, because we could uh, now take on uh, some help um, in in really scaling yeah. this up, and um, we have a um, we have very strong partnership we ma- uh, we made with uh, AWS and okay. and um, Microsoft uh, uh, and and um, 
IBM. So I'll tell you the IBM partnership is going to be very critical as well because they have the um, uh, the cloud. Um, you know, they have the ability for hybrid cloud uh, cloud very nicely done. You know, mm-hmm. so when we go into national oil companies or or joint venture uh, situations in in different countries, when they need to have a private cloud, so our whole platform and the components can be be put on on that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, we actually had IBM on the podcast. Like they were like number five, I think, oh. a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but no, this has been fantastic. Really, really enjoy getting to know you and know more about energy. So if you guys are interested, reach out, go out to the website, uh, share this with your friends, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, yeah. and you have a very, very interesting background, and I really enjoyed our uh, our discussion during lunch. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I've. Uh, Got a lot of stories. Don't have a lot to show for, but hey, we got some stories. <laughs> but no, it's been a fun ride. So thanks again. Yeah. Good luck. Cut, 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 cut.